morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. platform just in the last couple of weeks they're getting back into a position where they'll be up there in a short time uh, but Jordan he said to me he says man he said you know I'm not necessarily feeling the best of of circumstances you know and and so I know what he wanted me to do he wanted me to sing you know and you y'all don't want me to sing you know and been there done that you just you, you prefer him but nevertheless you know it's like well you know sometimes you got to toughen out but here's one of the things that I, I bring that up for is because I know some of you might have really beautiful singing voices or maybe you play instruments and that thing and you might think well there's no room for me or there's no place for me because they got people in place listen he would love to have you a part of the team if you want to be and so if you're a good singer or at least if you think you are, he'll audition you. <laughs> and so again, we just want to be able to grow that worship team. And again, uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Praise God. Well, you ready to get into this morning's message? Praise God. I'm telling you, it has been a blessing to me. I've been fired up just to the turn of this new year. Uh, we have called our message, or we're concluding, I should say, the series that we've been in called the Two-Minute Warning. And if you recall, we have been liking it unto the football game uh, where there's the end of the game and it comes to the last two minutes of the game. The clock stops, it resets everything, and therefore there is the last two minutes for the game to be played, right? And we've said this, that when it comes to playing those last two minutes, we're not going out to play for defeat we're going out to play for victory and so we're purposing to lay everything on the line grit it out and do everything that we can to bring home the victory and we said that when it comes to the body of Christ or really the timetable of God if you will we said that we are within the two-minute warning of what God is doing or on God's timetable he said that you would see signs in the heavens and the earth below. He said you would know of my coming and that my coming is soon at hand. He said you wouldn't know the day or the hour, but if you'll start to notice the signs, he says you'll know that the season is upon you. And how many of you know that there are signs that have been telling us that there are warnings, if you will, that Jesus is coming very soon? So what that means is, is that we've got to prioritize, we've got to focus, we've got to get right down to the nitty-gritty and say, God, this is what really matters, right? I mean, how many of you know you can't take your toys with you when you go to heaven? The only thing you can take with you is the people that you led to Jesus, right? The Bible says that when you stand before God, that you'll receive a soul winner's crown, that you'll receive a robe of righteousness, I'm telling you, I want to be able to strut around heaven with my crown that says, ha <laughs> ha, look at what I did, man. Every, every gem is somebody that I led to Jesus, right? And not that we do it arrogantly, it's that we want to be able to stand before God and hear him say, enter in, you good and faithful servant, right? Come on. The Bible says that when we get there, he's going to give us a robe of righteousness, now, I'm interested to see what, 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 what Harvey has. I mean, he might have a Speedo when we get up there. I mean, we'll work on getting you a robe. 
right? We're purpose to stand before God and say, God, we did what you asked us to do. And so we're in those last two minutes of when Jesus is coming. If you recall, we said that in these days, it is important for us to have hope. Because if you'll look around, there are perilous times, isn't there? I mean, if you're, if you're not careful and you just look at the news and you just look at all the social media stuff that is going around, you would say we are living in hopeless times. But if we begin to understand that God has made us a promise and he said that when I come, I'm coming back for a glorious church. I'm coming back for victors, not victims. I'm coming back for champions, those that have won the game and won it fair and square. And not that we've actually had to do it, but he's already done it for us. Right? He's coming back for us, for individuals that will have hope in these last days. And if we don't have hope, it can be overwhelming just to look around of all the things that are going on. So if you think about it in in just the, the context of the sports theme or the football theme, if you will. And you think about those last two minutes before the end of the game comes. Oftentimes what they'll do is at that two-minute warning, they'll head to the sidelines and the coach will bring out the playbook. And he says, guys, here's the play. Here's the play. This is the game-winning play. If we'll do this, we've got it won, right? And everybody looks at the playbook and says, yeah, that's the play. That's the play. We're going to win it. We're going to go out and we're going to run the play. And that's the game-winning play, right? And when they go back out onto the field, they don't go out as being victims or being defeated. They go out on the field as though they are gladiators and they're ready to win the game because they've got the game-winning play, right? And not only that, when they get out there on the field, they might even have a quick huddle before they line up on the line. And what does the the, the huddle do? The quarterback, the captain, he says, now listen, guys, we saw the playbook. Now we can do this. They're like, yeah, we can do this. He said, I didn't hear you. We can do this. They say, yeah, we can do this. What's he doing? He's championing the cause. He's encouraging them, and he's getting them fired up for the last game or the last play of the game, right? And here we are, the body of Christ. And we've got the game book. And the game book says we win. <laughs> the game book says we've got the game-winning play. And the coach says all you have to do is go out there and win the game. Because I've already won it for you. Amen. I mean, think about that. <clears throat> if you know that you are already victors before you actually run the play, how are you going to act? I said, how are you going to act? Are you going to go down there and think, oh, dear God, I'm tired. No, you're going to walk out there and say, man, I've got one more play in me. I just got my second wind. We got this. Right? You go and uh, uh, operate with confidence, with boldness, because you know that you're already victors. Amen? I said, we're winners. And the Bible says that in these last days, in these last two minutes, before Jesus comes. The playbook tells us that there are going to be dark times. But the darkness cannot overwhelm the light. The light always wins. Come on, if you're in the darkest of darkest places, can't see your hand in front of your face, but you light a small little match, do you know that with one flicker of a flame, darkness is dispelled? 
Darkness is no more. You might think, I don't have a whole lot of light, but if you just got a little bit of light, you dispel the darkness and you win. And so there are times that are going to come upon us. We're going to see things that are challenging, but the Bible says that we have already been named and made victors. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says this. It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So how many of you have received Christ? If you haven't, don't feel bad because here's your day. Here's your opportunity to receive him. But the Bible says if you're in Christ, it says that you have or Jesus leads you in triumph. He didn't say that he's going to lead you to a place of triumph. He didn't say, say you're going to be triumphant. It says that he leads you in triumph. So everywhere that you go, I win. I turn to the right, I win. I turn to the left, I win. I go up, I go down, I win. I go into the dark places, I still win. Why? Because I'm in Christ. It goes on to say, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are of God, the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So notice it says there are those that they're not going to make it. Why? Because of the dark times. He says, but all the while, he says, you have the victory. You have triumph. And it says that you even carry a fragrance of victory. Amen. So I want to ask you the question, how did you wake up this morning? Better yet, how did you smell this morning? I said, how did you smell when you woke up this morning? When you woke up this morning, did you find that that stinking thinking creeped up on you? And you're thinking, this is thinking, stinking. And it's stinking, thinking. And then as you just continued in the morning, you found out that you had real bad breath. And the reason you got bad breath, because not only do you have stinking thinking, your talking is stinking. You're talking defeat. You're talking negative. Right? How many of you know it's easy to fall into that trap? I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're thinking it. Another day. Got to go to work. You roll over and like, oh, you're still here. Man, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you can allow yourself to get into a rut of stinking thinking. And if you stay stinking thinking long enough, you are going to start talking in a position that it is foul. Right? And as a man thinketh, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And whatever you say gives direction to your life. Your tongue or your words will lead you to whatever your life is. If you don't like what you've been experiencing in your life, check up on what you've been saying. Because your life and the byproduct is, is a result of or is a byproduct of the things that you think on and you talk on. Woo, praise God. Say, why, did, why do we have to go there, Pastor? Because this is believers morning. This is, we're talking a little bit, a little bit deeper, right? Why? Because God's stirring us up to grow up a little bit, right? Come on, I mean, you know that it, sometimes as you're growing up, sometimes you got to hear truth. And the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Well, I'm going to love on you real good this morning. <laughs> All right, so the Bible says this. In Ephesians chapter 5, if you recall, we said in 2 Corinthians, it says that 
God always, or Jesus, always leads us in triumph. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 26, it says, That he might sanctify and cleanse her, and the her he's speaking of the church, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So notice what God said. He said, me, Jesus, I'm coming back for a victory, winning, triumphant church, meaning you and me. And he says, now, he says, if you've got stinking thinking, if you've got some stink on you, in fact, we'll just call it what it is. If you've got some stank on you, <laughs> if you've got some stink on you, he said, there's a way that you can take a bath. He said, there's a way that you can wash up. There's a way that you can clean up. He says, how is it? By the washing of the water of the word. So the word of God is what begins to renew and wash our thinking. And if we renew and wash our thinking long enough, our talking will change. Right? We've got to dispel the darkness with the light or the light of God's word. Amen. So here's the thing, when that word comes or when we purpose to get into the word of God, the word of God starts producing hope. So the more hope we have, light begins to illuminate the scene. Now, here's something that the Lord said to me just this past week. And it was something that I've been asking the Lord about concerning just how to get people to see something concerning the Bible and the importance of it to really make it a part of our diet so that the stinking thinking and the stinking conversation, the stinky breath can be mended or washed away. And the Lord said to me, He says, oftentimes what people do is they'll read the Bible as though it's a novel, saying, well, I've read chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Then they're done that. But see, the Bible is not like a book of, of any other sorts. It's not just something that you read one and you're done. It's progressive revelation. So in other words, when you read the Word of God, it's like an onion. There's many layers to it. So you can read something one day and read it next week and see something entirely different as a result of revelation that comes. Right? Reverend Kenneth Hagin, he said this. He said that he read Mark 11, 23 and 24. He said, I read the New Testament nearly 100 or actually more than 150 times. And he said he was in prayer one day and he said the Lord said to him, he says, did you ever notice that in Mark 11, 23 and 24 that it says that concerning your believing and your receiving is more contingent upon your saying? And Kenneth Hagin says, what? He said, did you notice that it talks about saying more than it does believing? In fact, it says it three times say and only one time believe. And he said, I had to go check that up. He says, because I knew that I read that over 150 times. And he said, and I've never seen that before. And he said, I went and I saw that. And he said, all of a sudden, it jumped off the page. And he says, sure enough, it said, say three times and believe one time. What's my point in saying that? is you can read the Bible 150 times and get new revelation every time that you read it. Because every time that you read it, light comes. 
Every time you read the Bible, you might say, I read that before. But the next time you might read it, it might wash your thinking in a whole new way. And therefore, it changes your thinking in a whole new way. Amen? If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going somewhere this morning because, once again, we're talking about being in this last two minutes before Jesus returns. We've been talking about what we're purposing to do as a church and as individuals in this hour, in this season that we're in. And there's some things that God is needing us to do to cooperate with Him to see the victory that is already ours. Over in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm not going to take the whole time to read it. But the Bible tells us that King Jehoshaphat had enemies. Have you ever had some enemies? <laughs> it might be your father-in-law. I don't know, maybe your mother-in-law. I don't know. It says that he had some enemies. And there was actually multiple armies that were coming against King Jehoshaphat. And it says here in verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared. Come on, how many know that when there's opposition? When there's something that's coming against you, it's a great opportunity to allow fear to grab hold of you. It says that he feared, but he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for the whole people. So in other words, he says, we're going to seek God and see what God says about this. He says, I've heard some bad news, and it's gripped me. He said, but listen, when fear gets a hold of me, I know what to do. I know that I need to run to God. And so, just as time went on, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord, verse 14, came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah. And he said, listen, in verse 15, he says, listen, all you of Judea and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but is God's. Woo, praise God. See, it was looking real dark, but the word of the Lord came and said, the battle's not yours. It belongs to God. All of a sudden, hope started to arise on the inside. God says, the battle's not ours. So we ought to just sit back and watch TV then, right? No. The Bible says this. It says that God told them, now, you go and set yourself up as for battle, he says, you go face your enemies. He said, yet you won't fight. He says, I've got it. So in other words, in your life, you're going to face obstacles. You're going to face situations. You're going to face challenges. Do we put our head in the sand and say, oh, God, I, I hope by the next time I pull my head out, you've got it covered. No, he says, face it. Stand nose to nose with it, toe to toe with it, but know that I've got it. Amen. And then the interesting thing is, is that God says now, send out ambushments. He says, now, what I want you to do, and this is how you win the battle, is he says, I want you to get all the praisers. Get all the praisers, and you put them out in front of the army. And I want you to start singing, and I want you to start praising. And he says, in fact, this is what I want you to say. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. And so he's like, okay. Don't make a whole lot of sense to me. You would think that we would put our infantry on the front, but God said put our praisers on the front. So what did they do? They started marching toward the enemy. For the Lord is good, 
and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Now you know to the natural senses that don't make sense. But every step that they took closer and they proclaimed and praised for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That which was dark started to get a little brighter. Because every time they lift up the goodness of God, the light shows up. Every time they begin to declare the word of the Lord, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, we begin to see that the washing of the water of the word begin to diffuse all the frustration, all the fear, because God is good and his mercy endures forever. And the Bible says that as a result of the sound, that those armies that were opposing them, they got so confused and fearful that they turned on one another and they killed every single person within the armies that opposed them to not even one was left alive. And they got there. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. <laughs> For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Look at this, guys. The, lo the Lord is good and His mercy endures and the enemy is laying dead before them because the battle is not yours, but it belongs to God. Amen. And then the Bible says that there were so much spoils that it took them three days to get the gold and the silver and the jewelry from the dead carcasses. Now, I don't know who goes into battle wearing their bling. I mean, think about it. The Bible says that they, they took their wealth and wore their wealth with them. I mean, maybe they were going to frighten them with their, you know, maybe they had a guy like Mr. T or something. I mean, yeah, I pity the fool. <laughs> Some of you too young to remember that, right? I don't know. I don't know why they went to battle with all their gold and silver. But the Bible says that as a result of him winning the battle, they left with their spoils and were free from the enemy, but left being prosperous and having their answers to their prayers. Amen? What was the key? The key was to lift their voice and praise. Here's what it says in Psalms chapter 47, verse 1 through 4. It says, Come, everyone, clap your hands. Shout unto God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. He subdues all the nations before us, putting our enemies beneath our feet. He has chose the promised land as our inheritance, the proud possessions of Jacob's descendants, who he loves. He says, I've already prepared something for you. He says, now, on your journey to get there, he says, lift up your voice. And praise Him. Praise Him with a joyful praise. Come on, how many of you know that there are times when you have to, you have to faith it? Some people will say, well, I don't want to be a fake. I'm not going to be a fake and just do something because, I, uh, because you say I'm supposed to. I'm not asking you to fake it. I'm, take, I'm, I'm, I'm saying faith it. Well, what does that mean? There are going to be times that you don't feel like to praise God. There's going to be times where it seems real dark. But what does God say? He says, I've gone before you. The battle belongs to me. Now, all I need you to do is get happy. All I need you to do is begin to praise. So come on. How many of you know that your joyful praise may not be at the very beginning, but the more you begin to lift your voice and you begin to see your enemies fall, how many of you know that your praise begins a whole lot more, becomes a whole lot more joyous as you move on? 
Woo, praise God. Look at what the Lord has done. My mom, she just called me this past week. We were talking, and she goes, what, do you got a, you got a minute? I said, sir. She goes, oh, she goes, I just got to tell you this. Now, last year, she had some physical ailments that was troubling her, and it really scared her from the sense of what was going on in her physical body. She went to the doctor, and I don't know if they took x-rays, MRIs, or whatever it was, but they took a, a, a picture of her brain. And on the picture, there was a dark spot. And the doctor says, I don't know what the dark spot is, but it's certainly not good. And so he says, we're just going to monitor some things and continue just to keep an eye on this and keep an eye on your condition here. And so my mom, being the way that my mom is, and this is just, this is just food for thought for everybody, because you realize that you can come to your pastor and ask for prayer, but there comes a point in time where you as individuals need to know how to get your answer and walk out your victory by your faith. Not just on your pastor's faith. And so she just hunkered down and she got into the Word of God. She began to find out what the Word of God says and begin to meditate on it. Begin to allow that to change her thinking, change her conversation. She went in for her yearly checkup just this past week. They did another scan of her brain. And the doctor came back and says, well, I don't know what it was and I don't know where it went, but it sure isn't there no more. Praise God. Amen. Well, here's the thing. My mom knows how to stand on the Word of God. And you know that there are dark, dark times and dark moments where the enemy comes and says, I wonder if that spot's still there. I wonder if the spot got any bigger. I wonder if it's going to kill you. I wonder how long you got left to live. Well, she knows enough. Oh, praise God. Oh, God, praise you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. God, your mercy endures forever. And God, you'd set ambushments out before me. And therefore, this didn't surprise you. And you're the same that's yesterday, the same today, and the, the same forever. So therefore, I know that my God is my healer. And she just continued to praise God, and therefore, when she got the results, she found out that exactly what the Word of God said, what God said about her, was her victory. Amen. Praise God. You see, we've got a purpose to engage our voice with our victory. Remember I said when those last two minutes are on the clock and they enter, enter the field, they enter with a boldness. And you know every player is saying, we've got this. We've got this. Come on. Let's play the play. Let's run it. We got the winning play. Right? We've got to learn how to cooperate with God. And he says, I need your praise. I just heard this the other day. There's these eye doctors that have been doing some research. And they have proven this out. They said, if you want to improve your eyesight, it is within your ability and here's what they discovered. They said, first of all, here's some exercises that you can actually do to strengthen your eye muscles. Because as you get older, your eye muscles get weak just like every other part does. So therefore, you can have physical exercises for your eyes to strengthen them. Then this is what they said. <clears throat> they said, in addition to doing the exercises, look in the mirror and begin to declare over your eyeballs, you see clearly. Your eyes are getting better. You have better vision than you ever have before. And they said the more enthusiastic you get about it, the quicker and the faster that it works. And they said it is a proven thing. 
simply because you say out of your mouth you're getting better. And listen, she said, the more enthusiastic you get. Woo, praise God. I'm getting better. Oh, my circumstances changing. My mind's turning. My thoughts are better. My conversation isn't so stinky. I'm getting in line with God's word because he said that he will go before me. The battle's not mine. I've got the victory. In fact, I have a fragrance of triumph everywhere that I go. Amen. We're learning how to cooperate with him. The key to our victory is in our praise. Are you doing all right? There is no defeat in the life of a believer. That's not to say that there's not challenges. But there is no defeat. Does sickness come and knock on our doors? Yes. But we don't have to be defeated. Does poverty and lack sometimes come and knock on our door? Yes. But we don't have to live a life of poverty. Does depression or Overwhelming thoughts come at times, yes, but we don't have to stay there. Why? Because we've got a praise that can begin to turn the circumstances around. Once again, throughout the Word of God, we see a consistent pattern of God saying, I need your voice, I've gone before you, but your praise will settle it. You remember the story of Jericho? Come on, you remember that story? The Bible says that there was a fortified city. The the walls of this city were so thick that they had chariot races on the top of it. And God says to, to his people, he says, now listen. He says, that's your city. Now the natural man says, but God. He says, no, I've went before you and I've given you that city. But God, the walls are so big. He says, now listen, I've given you that city. Now here's what I need you to do. I need you to cooperate with me. The first thing he says, I want you for six days to march around the city and don't say a word. Come on, just for them to walk around the city and nobody say anything negative for six days was a miracle in itself. You know you would be taking your first step. I don't know why God's having us do that. Don't he know how big that wall is? Come on, they're mocking us. They're throwing tomatoes at us from the top of the wall there. And God wants us to walk around this wall. Not only today, he wants us to do it for six days in a row. Right? Come on, why did he have them do it for six days? Six days represents man. See, all we tend to do is try to do things in the arm of our flesh. I can fix it, God. I can do it. I can come up with a solution. If I just work long enough, I can come up with an answer. The finances will turn around if I just work my butt off. Have you noticed that the the, the financial situation hasn't changed with all your working? Just saying. He says, now, once you get to the sixth day, he said, on the seventh day, He said, I want you to march around it, but I want you to shout. I want you just to praise. Now, God had us walk around for six days. He didn't say say nothing. We didn't say nothing. And now on the last day, he wants us to just shout and make a noise, make fools of ourselves. But the Bible says that they did it. Now, you know, just being human beings, putting yourself in that position, You're going to start out walking around the city. Praise God. Praise God. That's a big city. That's a big wall. That's almost like a mountain. Wow. Praise God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. How long we got to do this? I don't see nothing happening right now. Praise God. Praise God. I see some dust falling there. Praise God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. A rock just fell off there. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. 
Oh, praise God. And you start to see it tremble and start to shake and the dust starts to fly and stones start to fall. Come on, you know that when you first started, you was praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Come on, are you here this morning? And the more emphatic you get with your praise, the more that the walls come down. Why? Because God has gone before you. He just needs your voice to give it praise. Your praise signifies that you trust and you believe in the God that you say you serve. Come on. God needs your praise. We need to lift our voice and the fortified walls will come down. The Bible says to put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come on. How many of you know that sometimes you like the garments that you wear? I know of one young lady, a minister friend of ours, she said that her mom always embarrassed her as a kid because she wore these nappy clothes, big baggy gaudy sweaters and rolled up stockings on her feet and she said it was so embarrassing as a kid because of the way she looked and she said we finally got to a position where we could buy our mom some nice clothes and we filled up her closet we actually put her 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 own nappy clothes in boxes and she said we filled her closet with all these nice beautiful clothes and she said it only lasted about a week and before too long she pulled those old nappy clothes out of the box and wore them because it was what she was comfortable with Come on, it's real easy for us to get comfortable in our stinking thinking, our bad breath conversation, because it's comfortable, because we know it, because we're used to it. It's used to being seen in my life, the walls that seem so immovable. But when we put on the garments of praise, it will begin to change the circumstance. It will change the landscape because we're giving God praise for what he said he's already done. Come on, are you here this morning? Come on, there's a praise building up on the inside of us. Come on, what walls are you looking at? What are you facing? What seems to be impossible, immovable today? How would you act if it was already done? I said, how would you act if it was already done? See, so many times we're waiting for God to do something. And he's saying, I'm just waiting on you to lift your voice. Woo, praise God. In closing, and. We see Paul and Silas. Remember Paul and Silas? The Bible says that they were imprisoned into the innermost prison, meaning it was the dungeons of dungeons in the darkest, deepest, coldest place. They were shackled. And the Bible says at midnight. Now, it might literally have been midnight, but how many of you have ever had some midnight hours where it seemed like it was extremely dark? But the Bible says at midnight they lifted their voice and praised. What did their praise do? It expelled the darkness and light came. And the Bible says that as they lifted their voice and praised, it says that the whole prison heard them. So it wasn't this mealy mouth praise. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hope Jesus does something. I hope God's for real. Praise the Lord. You feeling anything, Silas? No, I'm not feeling anything. Me neither, Paul. No, the Bible says that they heard them. They heard them. And the Bible says that the place was shaken, the shackles were broken, the gates were opened. Amen. Because of their praise. God's just waiting on you to lift your voice, to give them praise. We are in the last two minutes. 
You can go down in defeat if you want. Or you can go up with a blaze of glory. You can be the glorious church that Jesus is coming back for. Or you can be the defeated, whooped little puppy dog that the devil wants you to believe. Amen? Now let's stand. Well, I heard that. Thank you for saying that. It was good. But I did my part. Now it's time for you to do your part. Because, see, we're not done. I said this is last Sunday of the month. So, in other words, as believers, we're purposing to stretch ourselves and grow. So, listen, we're in church. I know some of y'all, you're fishermen. You catch that big fish, I can guarantee you. You get a little excited about a big fish. Woo, look at that boy. Come on. Some of you like Michigan steak. God help you. They'll still let you in heaven, I think. But listen, state, they're winning. What are you doing? You're making some noise. Do you care what somebody else says? Oh, because they're fans too. Oh, and if they're not fans, well, let me just rub it in. Ooh, la, 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 la. Right? You're not bashful. So why do we get so intimidated and bashful to lift our praise to a God that says, I've already went before you and won the victory. All you got to do is let it rip. Amen. And you might say, I'm not used to that. Well, get used to it. Listen, when you get to heaven, it ought to not be like you've never been there before. Hear what I just said. When you get to heaven, it ought not be like you've never been there before. He said we should have heaven, days of heaven on earth. So therefore, when we get to heaven, it ought to feel normal. It ought to feel like home. And everybody is saying glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not used to those churchy words. Oh, come on. It, the more you practice them, the more you will feel comfortable. I know some of you have been real comfortable talking like sailors. You don't think twice about it. You've, you've since uh, uh, adjusted that. But just think about it. You've never thought twice about letting those words fly because everybody does it. Well, listen, everybody in the kingdom of God talks a certain way. And that means we lift our voice in praise. Amen? So just before we give God some praise, what is it that you're facing? What is it that you're going through? Is your marriage struggling right now? Then you got the praise cure right now. Is your finances in the pit? I didn't ask you to try to figure it out and how God's going to do it. That's not your job. The moment you put God on the scene, He makes it His responsibility to take care of it. All you got to do is praise Him. You might have some physical things going on in your body right now. You've got the medicine cure of praise. Your mind is depressed and overwhelmed by thoughts. You've got the praise cure right now. Listen, if your your words can change your eyeballs, then your words can change your mind. Come on. Did you find that thing that you need God to move on? Now if God had already done it like he said he has how would you praise come on are you ready are you ready to praise God all right oh oh, yeah here's what we're gonna do we got little kids watching right now 
Amen. God's called us to be the leaders of our home. So, guys, let's set the lead right now. So, guys, on my count, let's praise. Are you ready? All right, guys, let's do it. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Oh, God, we praise you. We thank you. Come on, I can't hear you. Come on, do we serve a good God? Oh, praise God. Come on, what are you bashful about? What are you afraid of? Oh, you afraid somebody will hear you? Well, what if the devil just might hear you? Oh, praise God. Glory to God. What if God just did it right now? How would you act? Come on, let's praise him. Glory to God. Praise God. Come on, ladies, help us out. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Come on, are you seeing it change? Are you seeing it move? Come on, praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, can you see your body healed right now? Can you see your marriage changing? Can you see your finances turning around? Can you see it changing? Come on, praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Woo, praise the Lord. Come on. You might say, Pastor, you're getting awful loud up there. Listen, it's not about how loud you can get. Don't be, don't be misunderstood about that. I'm talking about your heart. Amen. Now listen, this is your church, right? Now, we need $60,000 at the end of March. Do we have a good God? Do we have a God that's more than able? So, if we believe that God can do all things, if we believe that nothing is impossible for God, if you believe that this is your church, if you believe that this church needs to be here, then let's just give God some praise in the next moment. $60,000 is on its way. Come on, let's praise Him. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Oh, the money will come. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Every need met. You supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Now you might be here this morning and you're thinking, did I come to the right church today? Hey, listen, you better just hold on. Because I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of just doing the formality. We serve a good and a real and a living God that's worthy of our praise. Amen? You know, there's an old saying, get in, get out, or get run over. It's your choice. Amen. But I'm going to choose to get in. Praise God. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Praise God. Are you all right? You got anything? to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life